MSW Media. News Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, April 29th, 2021. Today, Rudy Giuliani's apartment and office have been raided by the FBI. A judge has refused to release the Andrew Brown body cam footage to the public. The prosecutors in the Derek Chauvin case say they will also prosecute the case against the other three officers involved in the murder of George Floyd. Biden ends the practice of ICE and Border Patrol arresting immigrants in courthouses. And spy chiefs are looking to declassify intelligence on Russia after a plea from four-star commanders. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Dana, Dana, today... I don't even know how to classify today as far as these. I wanted to play my old Mueller She Wrote intro music. Yeah, this was a lot. I mean, I mean, a lot. And some of it was amazing. And other, obviously not great stories. But the, I mean, the lead story, when you get to it, it's just so much joy. Yeah. And I'm going to, and just before I get to that news, which I want to hurry up and get to, I want to hurry up and get to it because it's so amazing. Uh, and it's huge and very important. Uh, but I want to let everyone know we're not doing a live stereo show tonight. Uh, so just everybody, as far as far as you're concerned, no live stereo show tonight. And I'm going to be visiting my mom Friday. So I'm going to try to make the, uh, the happy hour for patrons. I'll at the very least jump on and hand it off to another host. Uh, but I'm going to be visiting my mom, taking a little bit of time for myself. Fantastic. So uh, that's happening. And I really, I can't wait to get to this news. So do you mind if we just do it? Hit it. All right, let, let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. <laughs> hot notes. All right, we're just going to open up the show with some schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yeah, this is absolutely... I don't know. This is some long time coming shot. This is tantric justice is what I like to call it. Okay. So lead story today. Kaludi Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, who used to run the Southern District of New York, was raided this morning by the Southern District of New York. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are a lot of strings to this story, a lot of players, but let me cover the basics for you. This is from the Times reporting today. Federal investigators seized cell phones and other electronic devices from Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor of New York City, who became Donald Trump's personal lawyer. I like how they have to put that in there. Stepping up a criminal investigation into Rudy's dealings in Ukraine. FBI agents executed a search warrant around 6 a.m. Good morning. Good morning, Rudy. Uh, this was at his apartment on Madison Avenue and his Park Avenue office in Manhattan, carting away all the electronic devices. Uh, this is uh, Mr. Mr. Giuliani confirmed this in a statement. The execution of search warrants is an extraordinary action for prosecutors to take against a lawyer, let alone the former guy's lawyer. It's a major development in the long-running investigation into Rudy, which examines some of the same people and conduct that were at the center of Trump's first impeachment trial. We're going to get a refresher here. So Giuliani, his lawyer, and his son now are responding by crying, witch hunt, (laughs) thuggery, uh, and of course, the classic, you should really be looking at the president's son, Uh, meaning Hunter Biden. Well, Let's talk about that, because last October, uh, I reported that there was an investigation into whether or not that Hunter Biden laptop scandal was a Russian op. 
an intelligence operation. Mm-hmm. You, got, you, you remember that? The, I do. When some douchey computer shop owner said Rudy found emails on a laptop Hunter Biden happened to drop off at his shop. Uh, and the emails were faked, we found out. And the story was printed in the New York Post. And the metadata from the shit they pulled off the Hunter Biden laptop actually originated after they claimed the shop got the laptop and originated in Ukraine, right around the time Nunez and Derek Harvey, uh, Nunez aide Derek Harvey was over there fucking around with Giuliani after they failed to meet Fertosh in Vienna because Parnas and Fruman, you know, were arrested. That whole that whole thing. So if you were listening to Daily Beans back then, this is right when you joined the show, Dana. Oh, I remember. You'll all you all, all remember this. Go back and listen to the episode called Music to Drown To featuring Frank Fagaluzzi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it aired October 18th, 2020. And I'm going to play you a tiny clip with uh, some of my beans from back then. And we've learned now the FBI is investigating whether these hacked Hunter Biden emails are part of an intelligence op, too. They've already been looking into Giuliani. I say yes, it is. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. And I think here's who's going to be implicated. It's going to be Giuliani, Dirk Hutch, Ratcliffe, our DNI, who, who gave that letter to Lindsey Graham, Ron Johnson, Fertosh, Dimitri Fertosh, the New York Post, Derek Harvey, that's the Nunez aide who also traveled to Ukraine, Telezhenko, that's the person who was feeding Ron Johnson his disinformation, DeGeneva and Tonesig, those are those two fucking batshit crazy Fox News lawyers. They were also in Ukraine. <laughs> Emma Jo Morris and Gabrielle Von Rouge are the, the authors uh, Solom- uh, of the New York Post article. And then Solomon, of course, was the art, the author of the other article about uh, dis- Russian disinformation. Artemenko and Nabil Bader, those are the two lobbyists that were working with Dirkoch that said, fuck you, bro. Uh, and Brian Benchkowski met with um, uh, Rudy Giuliani and Bill Barr to try to get Fertosh off the hook for his extradition for bribery charges in Chicago. We have Hannity, OAN, Trump, Barr, Nunes, Fraud Guarantee, of course, Bannon, and then the Partisan Freeman Show, Korea, Robert Costello, that's the lawyer for Rudy. Uh, Mac Isaac is the uh, computer store owner. And Steve, I think Steve Mnuchin will be implicated, even though he did put sanctions on Dirk Koch and Teleshenko. But put some beans on it. Now, Giuliani's lawyer told the Wall Street Journal today that the warrant was seeking communications between Rudy Giuliani and John Solomon. Hmm. Solomon is the one who published the dirt on Joe Biden that Fertosh gave him. Now, the Solomon Fertosh foreign lobbying crime is different from the Hunter Biden laptop crime, right? (laughs) The Solomon crime was from Giuliani's spring 2019 fling uh, when their team was assembled, and that team included John Solomon, Rudy, Tonesig, Victoria Tonesing, Parnas, Fruman, and DeGeneva. Oh, uh, did I mention we learned today that the warrant was seeking communications between Giuliani, Parnas, and Fruman? Ah. So whether this is a Hunter Biden laptop intel crime or the Fertosh Solomon crime, it's all Pharaoh related. They're all connected. And it, appear, it appears as though there might be new evidence in this case. Uh, because th- that's how they got this search warrant, possibly how they got this search warrant to go through. We can't be sure if they got... This, you know, this particular warrant for, you know, to execute on on Rudy's apartment in his office through a new piece of evidence or if Merrick Garland just lifted the block on the warrant as it was last year. But I think he would probably have to prove to a judge that 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 in that criminal information, that implicating criminal information is still in his devices. Right. Right. Oh, and uh, did I mention the Times also reported today that the Southern District has been trying to execute this warrant since last year, but it was blocked 
really by the, the the former guy's uh, DAG, Deputy Attorney General Jeff Rosen. Ah, uh, so uh, yeah, and then in fact, I'm going to talk a little bit uh, later in the show about this. But after he blocked that, he put out a memo saying, "You have to go through me for all this kind of stuff from now on." Um. And we have a lot more to cover on this. And it's just kismet that the person I interviewed in that October 18th episode, Music to Drown To, uh, is going to be talking to me in this episode as well. Because he and I went over this Hunter Biden laptop scandal, uh, Intel op, in depth in that October 18th, 2020 episode. So give it a listen. You'll you'll be pretty surprised. Uh, But he's here again today. It's Frank Faglusi. So uh, we're going to talk about this in further detail. And, you know, this was a big issue in the closing months of of the Trump Department of Justice. Uh, And, you know, like I said, Southern District felt they had enough evidence to execute a search warrant back then. And they said they actually said subpoenas wouldn't cut it. We have to go get it. That led me to believe maybe Rudy has just had time now to destroy evidence. But he sucks at everything. So, I mean, he locked himself out of his own iPhone. I feel like everything's in the cloud somewhere, AG, and they just need to go find it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, in him, it's in his, and it's in his uh, trash f- folder. It is, you know, on his laptop. <laughs> um, so, but that's what's going on. So, we're gonna again. We'll talk more about this later. This is huge developing news. We're gonna have a lot more information, I'm sure, as it comes down. Uh, the pike, you heard me list off that rattle off that list of names of people who I think could be implicated in this particular uh, affair, John Solomon Giuliani, Parnas Freeman fraud guarantee problem. Uh, so you know, we'll keep an eye on it for you. We'll be reporting on it a lot more in the in the coming days. So. Dana, what uh, what else is going on today? Well, we've got that story, um, the body camera footage of police, the the police fa- fatally shooting Andrew Brown Jr. As we know, as a black man in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Apparently, that is not going to be released to the public, but it will be disclosed to Brown's family, and that's a judge ruled Wednesday following days of outcry and protests over an encounter with unanswered questions. A lot of them. Superior Court Judge Jeff Foster ruled against a petition filed by a coalition of media. Media outlets, including the Washington Post, to release the footage of the fatal police encounter involving Brown, 42, on April 21st. Foster said the decision was based on the release of the video potentially affecting a trial if one occurs and possibly jeopardizing the safety of the deputies in question. Now, the decision came after the Pasquokan County District Attorney opposed the public release of the video saying the shooting was justified because he said Brown hit officers with his car before they fired at him. It seems really weird to me that this really defensive a-hole county attorney uh, would withhold footage of this quote-unquote suspect hitting the officers with his car. This is that would be exculpatory information. Even if they just released it to the family and not to the public. Do you know what I mean? Like why would you Totally. Why would you hide that. I don't know. I don't buy any of this. No, absolutely. And Foster ruled the video from four body cameras would be disclosed to Brown's son, Khalil Fearby, and the rest of his immediate family and one attorney within 10 days. Now, the video Foster said would blur or redact all facial features and name tags of the officers. Again, sketchy. The judge concluded that the full video would be released to the family, but not for 30 to 45 days, which he said is when North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation is expected to complete its probe of the shooting. I don't understand why they can't release, why they have to wait until their probe is done before they release the, the video footage. Uh, and now they say it's uh, four body cams. 
um, four additional body cam videos that they're going to release. Uh, it's just, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I can understand why the judge wouldn't want this released to the public because it would be kind of easy for, uh, you know, them to use that on appeal. But I mean, we had the full video of uh, George Floyd's murder ahead of the trial. He's been convicted. I don't know that an appeal, I don't think an appeal will be successful in that case, but I agree. The evidence won't change. Right. Uh, that, yeah, I think he's just concerned about tainting a jury pool, uh, you know, and, uh, but th- the facts are the facts. Facts shouldn't taint someone's <laughs> ability to rule on anything fairly. I don't know. I have, I have a weird feeling about that, but we'll keep an eye on this story for you, but it will not be released to the public they're going to show additional video footage to uh, the son and the family and one lawyer who I assume would be Chantel uh, Cherry Lassiter, who was the the one North Carolina uh, member of the bar that was able to to view the 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 first, you know, the 22nd video, the right. abridged video. Um, and I imagine they're blurring out the police badges and um and stuff like that just so, so that no their names won't get out or anything to put them in danger but you know we'll see what happens um now next up from betsy woodruff swan at politico america's top spies say they're looking for ways to declassify and release more intelligence about russia and china's bad behavior after a group of four-star military commanders sent a very rare and urgent plea asking for help in the information war against russia and china gosh somebody let that go dormant Hmm, I wonder who it was. Uh, A host of troubling actions from those two countries included efforts to damage America's relationships with allies, NATO, right? Violate Mm -hmm. other countries' sovereignty. Uh, I mean, the intelligence community must do more to show the world what Russia and China are doing. That's according to these commanders. This memo came from nine regional military commanders last year, uh, and it implored the spy agencies to give more evidence so they can make that they can make public as a way to combat pernicious conduct. They're basically saying, can you just you know, release this Russian and and China intelligence information so that the public knows they're being fooled and when they're being fooled. Right. That's kind of what Mueller was trying to do with volume one. Now, the memo, which was reviewed by Politico, has not been made public. It made waves inside the Pentagon and the intelligence community and on Capitol Hill over the past year, where it has come to be known as the 36 star memo. Uh, That's nine, four stars, right? Hmm. It it wasn't a command or an ultimatum. Rather, it was imploring the intelligence community to make changes. The fact that it was signed by nine of the 11 four-star combatant commanders, all but one of whom are still in uniform, is un- unheard of. And that's according to multiple government officials and me. I say it's also unheard of. <laughs> all right, do this last story. On Tuesday, the Biden administration will issue a policy that sharply limits the immigrants who ICE officers can arrest at courthouses after years of criticism of the practice, and this is according to government officials and documents. The policy also applies to U.S. Customs and Border Protections officials as well. This is a good thing. This is a quote. Ensuring that individuals have access to the courts advances the fair administration of justice, promotes safety for crime victims, and helps to guarantee equal protection under the law. And that's from Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. And that's what he said in a statement to BuzzFeed News. The expansions of civil immigration arrests at courthouses during the prior administration had a chilling effect on individuals' willingness to come to the court, of course, or work cooperatively with law enforcement. So today's guidance is the latest step in our efforts to focus our civil immigration enforcement resources on threats to homeland security and public safety. So, of course, why would you show up for your court date if there's a chance you're going to get arrested? It doesn't 
It's just counterintuitive. Now, the policy will allow ICE officers to make civil immigration arrests in or near a courthouse only when it involves a national security matter, a risk of imminent death or harm to anyone, or a hot pursuit involving a public safety threat. Officers may also, you know, so like any other people that they're pursuing, this should be the way it's done. Officers may also make an arrest at a courthouse if it appears evidence in a criminal case will be imminently destroyed, and they may request to make an arrest of a public safety threat if there's no safe alternative and they get approval from agency leaders. It sounds like I should be going after Giuliani (laughs) (laughs) in this case. I don't know, because maybe... He's going to get rid of evidence. Uh, The policy will also apply to interviews, surveillance, and subpoenas handed out at or near courthouses. This is the last quote. The courthouse is a place where the law is interpreted, applied, and justice is to be done. As law enforcement officers and public servants, we have a special responsibility to ensure that access to the courthouse and therefore access to justice, safety for crime victims, and equal protections under the law is preserved. So this is a good step. I mean, I know that uh, many of us, especially on the left and progressives, want ICE to be abolished completely. Until that happens, this is a good step in the right direction. Yeah, the Border Patrol and ICE cannot arrest people in courthouses. Because, like, if, you know, if I had, um, if an immigrant witnessed a crime against me and I needed them to testify in, you know, in my case, they why would they want to come to the courthouse if they could just be arrested and deported? No way. Absolutely. It's, it's bad for justice in so many ways. Um, and also a little bit of good news. Um, I mean, I know that we aren't going to get to see that, the, you know, the tapes um, from the Andrew Brown shooting, but in the, in the Derek Chauvin case, the case against Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd, we have learned that the prosecutors that prosecuted Derek Chauvin's case are going yes. to be prosecuting the case for the other three officers that were there as well. So same prosecution team. Fantastic. All right, everybody, we've got more on Kaluti Rudy and all that, uh, all that stuff. And we're going to talk to a uh, former assistant director the FBI for counterintelligence about it all uh, just after this break it's Frank Figlusi stay with us after these messages we'll be right back Hey, everybody, it's AG from The Beans. Mother's Day is coming up fast, and I want to take a moment to celebrate all the moms out there. We love you. You mamas give us so much strength with your love and unconditional support and encouragement and inspiration. Mothers make the world a better place. I love my mom so much. I'm going to get to see her this weekend for the first time in over a year. I appreciate her more than ever, especially now. And it's not easy to express such a profound relationship. This year, to help her show her how much I care, I'm getting her something special from Pandora Jewelry. Pandora has the perfect collection and amazing gifts for mom. And uh, their customizable charms uh, are amazing. They have a huge variety of beautiful bracelets and rings and necklaces and earrings. I think my mom is going to love what I'm getting for her. Don't tell her what it is. It's a surprise. But I'm getting her uh, this little uh, family tree charm. And I'm getting her a copy, uh, a limited edition of The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. I think she's going to love it. You can curate your own luminous looks with their Pandora Rose collection or check out some of their bestsellers like The Princess Wishbone Ring. Express a connection that's stronger than words with symbols of love and gratitude. They have hearts, infinity symbols, angel wings, and those family trees I was telling you about. And that all reminds us about how special our moms are. Shop safely in-store with Pandora Styling Experts to find the perfect gift for any mom on your list. Buy online with in-store pickup and curbside pickup at select locations. Please contact your local store to learn more. Thank the mom or moms in your life by being there with a sparkling gift from Pandora Jewelry. So just go to us.pandora.net slash dailybeans to start shopping or find a store near you. Again, that's us.pandora.net slash dailybeans. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I'm joined by former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence and MSNBC legal analyst. He's also the author of The FBI Way and the host of the forthcoming podcast, The Bureau. Please welcome Frank Figlusi. Frank, thanks for joining me. AG, it seems like there's always some breaking news when we're when we're meeting, even if we scheduled a session when there hasn't been breaking news at the time of scheduling. You're 100% correct, because we agreed to this meeting, and then bam, Rudy Giuliani gets raided by the FBI. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about first. I wanted your top-line thoughts uh, about his home and office uh, being raided, and also we are now hearing Victoria Tonesig. Uh, her her uh, home has been raided with a, a warrant. And can you talk a little bit about what it takes to get a warrant, one of these warrants? Yeah, that's a great question that I think is actually being overlooked. And here's why. Um, you've got to convince a magistrate or federal judge in this case to two things. One, there's a crime that's been committed. It's a federal crime that's been committed. But two, two, the evidence of that crime is likely sitting in the place you want to search. Now, that might seem a no-brainer for most folks, but there's detail required. The judge requires you to show your homework. So what do I mean by that? It means that you've got to make sure that it's fresh information, that the devices, the information, the records you're searching for were recently seen inside that place that you wish to search. So um, it tells me, AG, that the FBI's has has recent information to convince a judge that, yep, the stuff we're looking for about that crime, yep, that's in there. And and here's why that's significant. There have been there's been a lot of information floating around for months, AG, that the Southern District of New York had wanted to search Rudy's devices for quite some time. Like I'm talking circa December. Um, and of course, we had another president in December and another attorney general in December. And what I hear is that the answer was, eh, you know, the timing's not right. Timing's not right. Uh, Southern District, nope, nope, nope. Well, lo and behold, we've got a new AG. We've got a new DAG, Deputy Attorney General, Lisa Monaco. And bam, here it comes. I'm concerned about the length of time between when they maybe had their probable cause for search and today and what might have transpired between those two time points in terms of destruction of evidence, et cetera. Yeah, that was my big question, too, because this, you know, this all sort of went down last year um, when and and that was in the New York Times reporting that I believe it was Jeffrey Rosen who who said that uh, the search warrant couldn't be executed. And then not only that, but after uh, that declination of the execution of the search warrant by Jeffrey Rosen, he, he put out a memo saying all of your requests of this type have to go through me first. Uh, and so I'm wondering, oh, well, that gives him months to destroy evidence, right? He's not very good at destroying evidence. He probably just put it in a trash file. But and it, and I know that the FBI is very good at recovering destroyed evidence uh, or at least seeing uh, sort of evidence that there was evidence that there's no longer evidence, and that could bring in a, you know an obstruction charge if you're caught destroying evidence. And so, yeah, I mean, it 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 feels like it's not just because we have a new AG, but that you know that they had new evidence, or at least a renewed sense that that evidence had been seen recently in in that place of residence or in the office. It it would seem it would seem so. And and I, again, my concern is not so much about new evidence, but rather that this was this PC existed a long time ago, and we've just gotten around to having officials that have the intestinal fortitude and ethics to sign off on it. That, that that's my concern. You know, with regard to Giuliani, we're talking about a very sloppy record keeper. Don't forget the instances where he was butt dialing, accidentally 
butt dialing, <laughs> you know, NBC News or whoever, you know, and, and conversations were running for, 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 you know, half an hour or longer while, you know, the, the, the phone is in his rear pocket. So, you know, I don't know if he knows enough to destroy phones. He probably does. He's not stupid. Um, you know, same with Victoria Tonsig. This is a, this at one time was a fairly sharp lawyer, um, a, 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 like an assistant attorney general of the United States at one point. And, you know, as was uh, Rudy. I mean, this is unprecedented that we, you know, th- think about this. Not only people say, oh, well, we've had we had an attorney to the president searched before. That was Michael Cohen. Yeah, I got you. But but God darn it, this was Rudy Giuliani was the United States attorney for for the Southern District of New York and an assistant attorney general. And Victoria Tonsic, same thing. High ranking former DOJ official. This is unprecedented. Yeah. And which makes me think that the evidence has to be stronger than usual, like the evidence that would maybe be required to execute a search warrant in my house. But because he's the former or, you know, a lawyer to to the former president and because, I mean, he used to run the Southern District and now the Southern District is getting warrants to search his stuff. Yeah, great point, by the way, for, for the legal nerds out there, the, the logistics required on this, this has to go up the chain of command all the way, at least to the DAG, if not the attorney general. Why? Because number one, it's a lawyer. Number two, lawyers to the president. So a special unit at DOJ has to look at it. And within the field, the way this plays out in a field office and at the U.S. attorney's office in the field is that you have a filter team that can get dirtied up, so to speak, that they can go look at a lawyer's files. They know nothing about the substantive case. It's a, it's, it's often a different, entirely different squad, maybe an entirely different part of the FBI office, right? They just show up and go, hey, we're here for a search warrant. We don't know what's going on, but, you know, and they look at the material and they go, okay, this stuff here, this looks like it's what you're investigating. And this stuff over here, this looks like it's attorney client privileged. So they don't, they don't taint, so to speak, the actual investigators and prosecutors on the case. Yeah, well, we remember that from the Mueller investigation and, and the, the Cohen raid and the, and the Manafort raid. They had to have what's called a special master, I think, uh, appointed by the court to go through that, all that information, all that evidence to determine what would be uh, uh, you know, put under confidentiality or, or privilege, uh, attorney-client privilege. And so after that special master, there's a whole taint team, like you said, that comes in and, and makes sure all that is correct. But yeah, the bar, so the bar is not only super high, uh, but you know, you have to be extremely careful with what evidence you, you drag out of there. Yeah, bingo. And why is this important to have this kind of nerdy discussion? Because you're, you're going to hear, probably as soon as tonight, you're going to hear Trump and others, maybe Giuliani himself, and uh, Victoria Tunsig come out and say, witch hunt, um, can't believe this DOJ is just waltzing into lawyers' offices and homes. How dare they do it? There's no process here. And you need to understand, your listeners need to understand, oh no, there's quite a process and it's arduous. Yeah, and and they, I think that they would well remember uh, when that exact language came out about the, the raid of Roger Stone uh, and, and Michael Cohen, etc. You know, well, oh, this was a this was a deep state hit, witch hunt, et cetera. And, uh, you know, it's all tainted now and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, we're, I, I'm i expecting to hear that kind of language any minute now. Yep, indeed. All right. I do want to ask you about your upcoming podcast. I have to take a quick break, though. Will you stay with me? Sure will. Great. Thanks so much. Everybody, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this segment of The Beans is brought to you by Upstart. Are you carrying a giant, enormous credit card balance? 
well, you're not the only one. High interest rates make it hard to pay off your debt, right? It's just like you just keep, you you can't dig out of it. But Upstart can help you. You can join the thousands of happy borrowers who made that final payment. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with personal loans, all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get simple fixed monthly payment loans. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks more looks at more than just your credit score. They look at your income, your employment history. You're not just a number to them, and that means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. In a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000, and you can receive funds in as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. After this past year, I know a lot of people are struggling. So many gig workers have found themselves using their credit cards to get by, and you can consolidate all that debt and get a nice, smart monthly payment. I highly recommend going to Upstart. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payment today. Just go to upstart.com slash dailybeans. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and other certain information provided in your loan application. So head to upstart.com slash dailybeans today. You'll be glad you did. Everybody, we're talking to Frank Fagluzzi. Uh, And not only did you author the great book, The FBI Way, which I recommend everybody take a peek at because it's got so much great information uh, about, you know, the the ins and outs of the FBI, but it's applicable to all aspects of other businesses and and life, really. But you're uh, working on a podcast called The Bureau. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to. And thanks for asking. And boy, do I have a great podcast company I'm working for called MSW. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> MSW sounds a lot like Mueller, she wrote. I'm just saying. But um, yeah, yes, indeed. I'm privileged to be working with you. And we're going to launch this thing, AG, on or about May 25. And here's the deal. It's called The Bureau with Frank Figluzzi. And, and it's never been done before. Here's what I mean by that. The FBI has never permitted an outsider like I am now. I've been retired since 2012 to interview every week in active duty FBI personnel. So every week, listeners are going to get inside the darkest corners of the FBI and learn some things they've never known before about the FBI. I'm learning things with each of these episodes. We're going to be talking to behavioral analysts. We're going to be talking to PhD scientists in the famous FBI laboratory. We're going to talk to the head of training at FBI Academy, Quantico. Um, We're going to learn about serial killings that no one's ever heard of before that are still being worked. We'll talk about the FBI overseas and the fact that there's over 60 FBI officers offices in other countries. Um, neat, Neat stuff. I think your listeners are going to enjoy it, and I'm looking forward to doing it. Yeah, and some of these stories are, you know, we've, while we've been working on this, these are fascinating and and just, I mean, I'm I'm riveted by by these stories. This this kind of uh, true crime, but at the federal level, it's it's really amazing stuff. The access that um, that we're going to get inside the FBI is pretty cool, um, and you're going to get inside your local field office. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna go right through local field offices. We're going to do headquarters functions, Quantico laboratory and overseas with the FBI. Um, And you'll get to, you know, get the human face of FBI employees, you know, more than just what you get on TVs and movies. You'll hear about their journey into the FBI and the work they do for the country. 
Yeah. And and can you give us like a little teaser about like maybe what's in the first episode without giving away too much? Oh, yeah. For those who like, you know, criminal minds and those behavioral science uh, profiling cases, we're going to go into behavioral analysis for the first two episodes. And you're going to hear about a guy named Sam Little who has confessed to murdering 92 people. And guess what? The FBI's only identified 60 of those victims. They need our listeners' help in identifying the others. Ah, so it's interactive as well. Indeed. Absolutely love it. Uh, and it's something that it would be great for us to be a part of and the FBI to be a part of, but also the listenership to be a part of and be active with. So this is, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, tentatively, I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah, we're launching May 25th, uh, Tuesday, right? I believe that's a Tuesday. You got it. And um, that's also when we're launching this new network, the MSW Media. And I'm so glad that you're part of it, Frank. And I appreciate you coming on and talking to us today. I'm really looking forward to see what happens with Rudy. Yeah, so is Rudy. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Hey, everybody. It's AG. And I want to tell you about Iwi. You know, I have tried every single omega-3 supplement on the market, I'm pretty sure. But Iwi, by far, head and shoulders, is my favorite. Iwi's secret is algae. It's a whole other level than fish oil. Algae is the original and best source of omega-3. It's where the fish and krill get their omega-3. Uh, and with iwi, you skip the middle fish and the nasty fish taste. Um, you know how oil and water don't mix? We're mostly water. And that's what happens to fish oil in our bodies. But iwi's proprietary form of algae leads to 50% more absorption than fish, krill, and other algae oils. This is the world's highest absorption of any source of omega-3. Do not be fooled by fishy imitators. Not all algae are created equal. Iwi's patented formula goes straight to your bloodstream. More absorption means more health benefits. And in a clinical study, Iwi cholesterol helped reduce bad VLDL cholesterol by 25% on average in just three months. That is amazing. And to top it all off, Iwi's products are plant-based, sustainably sourced, and farmed in the U.S. So give Iwi a try. You're going to love it as much as I do. I know it. That's why I've arranged for all of you to get this amazing offer. Uh, and you can only get it here. For a limited time, you can save 30, 30% on your first purchase by going to iwilife.com slash dailybeans using promo code dailybeans at checkout too. And be sure to watch the really cool video that shows you how iwi is better absorbed by our bodies. That's iwilife, I-W-I-L-I-F-E dot com slash dailybeans, dailybeans all one word, and use promo code dailybeans for 30% off your first purchase. iwilife.com slash dailybeans and promo code dailybeans. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. So if that uh, top of the show, Schadenfreude, wasn't enough for you, we have some great listener-submitted good news stories. And of course, if you have any or corrections or confessions or you want to play What the Mutt or you have misheard song lyrics or you just want to say hi, show us your happy place, you can do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact, and that's where you can send us all your stuff. So, uh, Dana, are you cool if I just kick it off here today? Totally. I read ahead on this one, and I may take offense, <laughs> <laughs> but continue to read. It's pretty funny. All right. Here we go. From Charlene, pronouns she and her. Hello, ladies. My 11-year-old overheard Dana's cucumber fruit comment. He, like Dana, is a fountain of knowledge that often wanders a bit astray from any practical use. Okay, that's where I take offense. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let me tell you why. AG knows all of the words to the shaving cream song and anything that's ever <laughs> been said about pop culture. I know one fact about cucumbers, and apparently I have a fountain of knowledge that wanders a bit stray from any practical use. Charlene, we're going to have to talk about this. Okay, please continue. <laughs> so... Her 11-year-old overheard Dana's cucumber fruit comment and would like you to know that watermelons are vegetables. In fact, they are the official state vegetable of our home state of Oklahoma. I hope you can file that nugget away in your plant-based knowledge bank to whip out and dazzle some future unsuspecting party guests. This one actually surprised me. I did not know that watermelons were vegetables. <laughs> is, she, is she being facetious here? Like, yeah, you can store that piece of nugget away and dazzle future party guests with your vegetable and fruit. No, it seems like a little bit of a, mm, take that to a party with you. Yeah, uh, I, I do. Know. I definitely feel like there's some... There's some tone behind Charlene's comment. Yeah, I'm just know. kidding, Charlene. This is actually really funny, but I'm also glad that your 11 year old son knows things about gourds because I think <laughs> I think maybe a watermelon's a gourd, but gourds are fruits. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, mm. thank you so much for that submission, and I probably do have other information in here that is unnecessary <laughs> in my brain. The next thing, though. It's not unnecessary. This is from James, and I love these updates. James Pronouncy and him, Cobalt the Mini Aussie, is doing great. But this time, the good news is my own. Huh. I got my vaccine. Yay. Yes. As for now, everyone in my household plus immediate family are vaccinated. We still can't visit each other um, because of the 4,300-kilometer distance between Toronto and Vancouver, but we're close. For pod pet tax, I figured I should introduce you to the two pod pets you haven't seen yet. You've met Mouse the Cow. You've met Mouse the cat who disappeared in our wall. Great story. And Cobalt the mini Aussie and our sister and her sister Denim. Here the other two have been part of our family, though we lost them to old age several years back. Tigger, the great tabby, was my partner's cat when uh, we met. He was part of her life longer than her own father was. And we still miss him a lot, even though it's been 17 years. Ooh. Now, Grendel, the brown Maine Coon, was an absolute goofball. The second shot is Denim meeting Grendel on her first day in the house. Grendel was less than impressed. And the third picture is Tigger and Grendel together long before dogs entered our lives. Oh. Look at these beautiful cats. Look at the cat looking at Cobalt. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Tigger is beautiful. They're both gorgeous. Oh, and look at Grendel. And the, oh, yeah, the puppy. Hey, excuse yeah. me. Uh, the third, that last picture looks like they're going to drop a mixtape. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> going to drop a mixtape. <laughs> so what you, what you, what you want? What you want? That's, that's what's happening. Oh, uh, thanks for that update. I love the Cobalt Mini Aussie updates and <laughs> cats in the walls and uh, that, but that tabby's, it just dawned on me, my cat, yeah, uh, in... Two years, I will have had my cat longer than I knew my father. That's insane. That is insane. Uh, all right. Next up from Sarah, pronouns she, she. My parents and I have never been very close. They love me and I love them, but we have lived through a lifetime of fights, betrayals, and t at times not speaking to one another. Tumultuous, if you will. I recently bought a house and I don't know who was more excited, them or me. Owning property has always been a high priority on their list. For their daughter to finally get a slice of her own was wonderful news for them. Today, they came over for the sole purpose of working in the yard. They dug, they swept, they hauled rocks, they broke sweats. And I did the same right by their side. We bonded through the work because that's how we always lived. They knew I needed help and they showed up. I didn't have to ask. So even though we may not understand one another fully, they understand I was overwhelmed and needed them. And they made me feel cared for. 
Buying the house, moving, and working full-time has left me feeling exhausted. It was nice to feel the warmth of my parents coming through all that tension. I really do appreciate them, and I thought I would share that. What a beautiful submission. Sarah, love it. And congrats on your new house. Indeed. Absolutely. All right. This next one's from Lauren, pronouns they, them. Hello, Beans Queens, first-time writer, long-time listener. I have one confession and one thank you note. My confession is that I'm not... Uh, ready. Oh, this is really interesting. Is I'm not ready for CDC guidelines allowing more mask op activities for vaccinated people. I hear you. I was fully vaccinated early because I'm an essential worker. I work six days per week as a delivery person and farmer's market worker through the majority of the pandemic. It's been a long year of dealing with people who put my and others' safety at risk out of either ignorance or indifference by not masking or physically distancing. And the impact for me has been trauma. Imagine six days per week, multiple instances per day of choosing between having a job or mitigating risk of exposure to people who refuse to mask. I have strong stress responses when I see people in public without their masks on. And even with the help of therapy and the security of being fully vaccinated, it's hard to cope. An increasing number of people have been trying to shop at my places of work without their masks because, as they tell me, they are vaccinated. Now, I have to tell you, I don't care. I don't care that you think you don't have COVID. I don't care that you're telling me you don't go out except to the farmer's market. I don't care that your mask is uncomfortable or your glasses are foggy or you feel like you can't breathe. It's your responsibility to do your part. End of story. I don't care about excuses is because I honest to glob. Nice. Can't tell the difference between a fully vaccinated person and an anti-vaxxer who is lying to get what they want. Amen. I know that you and a lot of your listeners are ready to get back to some semblance of normal, but normal's a long way away for me and many, many others. And I hope that all of you continue to do the work of the anticipating the impact of your actions have on others, even on those impacts shift, excuse me, even as those impacts shift from the brute simplicity of spreading a disease to more complex field of recovery from complex social trauma. Well written. I also want to write in though, and thank you for all the hilarity sanity you bring to my daily life. I was fired from my job at the farmer's market because I reported my farm to the health department during a COVID-19 outbreak. Good for you. Getting fired was so stressful and a huge blow to my self-esteem. I thought to myself, Lauren, if you can't make it at the farmer's market, what in the world can you do? When I found out that AG was fired from the VA, I felt a sense of comfort and camaraderie that helped me to get back on my feet. I mean, AG got fired and AG's amazing. So of course, I might also be amazing despite having been fired. I'm now back at the market with a new farm that treats me better, as well as an organic plant nursery run by the sweetest lesbians in the world who give me free plants and pay extra just because. And I have the daily beans to thank for reminding me that being fired is not an indicator of your personal value from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Oh, what a great submission. Lauren. That was. And you're welcome. And uh, yeah, I, I'm fully done vaccinating two weeks. I still wear my mask everywhere. Me too. Um, the only place I don't wear my mask is in my home. And if I'm uh, seated outdoors, like I've only been to one outdoor event uh, and I was with my pod of people and we're all vaccinated. And once you're sitting down and eating, I didn't have my mask on. And then, of course, in my car, unless I forget. And sometimes I wear it in my car and people look at me funny. But yeah, I'm continuing to wear a mask. Um, I think hopefully I think the reason I mean, the CDC wouldn't have recommended this if it wasn't safe, but I think the reason they're trying to do it also is to try to entice people who are on the fence or vaccine hesitant to be like, well, if I get my vaccine, I can take my mask off. But you know that the anti-maskers are not wearing their 
not getting vaccinated and not wearing their masks either. You know that. Totally agree. I can understand the concern 100 percent. Yeah. And then also to you know bring up the idea of the complex social trauma. It's not just about the communicable disease, you know. So very good. Very good information. And thank you, Lauren. And next up, anonymous third grade teacher. There's been so much talk about how this academic year has been awash. As an elementary educator, I know this is far from the truth. I guarantee you that every single student has gained technology skills. (laughs) They all know how to join a Zoom meeting. They can all work from a digital platform. They've all learned to email, upload documents, create videos, and make digital books, amongst many other technological tasks. Could a third grader do all those things a year ago? They not only go through the tasks, but they've become very proficient at it while still learning the academic content. This year has pushed them far beyond their boundaries. I know not every family has taken things seriously, logged on consistently, or been able to give the support they needed. Uh, This would be the same whether learning online or in the classroom. So I'm happy to see the proficiency in my students' technology skills, and I'm really happy they can help me with my tech deficiencies. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, that's a lot was learned. Um, that wasn't necessarily in the curriculum. Yeah. I do like the positives. This last one, uh, last one. No, I may have jumped the gun on that. This one is, I'm not sure. This one's from Jay pronouncing and him. Hello, beanie people. So I finally had my second vaccine jab this past Saturday. No side effects this time. Yay. The UK has taken a very different approach to vaccines. We only get our second one about 12 weeks later. I was lucky and I had it about three weeks later. As my father had a second one two weeks prior, I took a rapid flow test on Sunday just to make sure, rather safe than sorry, and I went up to see him for the first time in six months, and only the second time in over a year. It was such a relief for both of us, even though we speak every day, it was nice to see each other in person. For pet tax, you guys know my two already, so I have added a picture of Lola, Willa's daughter, who was a looking after this weekend. Mom and daughter are two peas in a pod, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Lola has been brought up by mom and Uncle Bailey. She's two already. You can also take a guess at Bailey's mix. He's mainly Lasso Opso, but does have a mix answer below. Have a great one and stay safe. Thank you for the uh, the best podcast, hands down, and the Pavlovian soundtrack, which the dogs know as the signal for a walk. Oh, did you hear that? They might be giants. Look at this yeah. lasso apso. Oh my god, lasso apso, and oh. the one on the left looks like a lasso terrier mix with that little with the the goatee sides, the little Fu Manchus on the sides. Yeah. Or a little Pekingese or something. Oh my goodness. Oh, and look at the, oh, oh no, my on God. the couch. These dogs are adorable. The one in the middle is like, why am I here? I know. The, the one in the middle is like clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here, <laughs> here I am stuck in the middle of you. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Bailey is part Norfolk Terrier. Whoa. Terrier. You got Terrier. Yeah. I got that. I don't know. I don't know the difference mainly between my Terriers is part of the problem. I think I could be wrong. No, that's not a Norfolk Terrier. I'm trying to remember where I've seen a Norfolk Terrier, but I can't. It's not It's not Toto. That's a Cairn Terrier. And it's not the little dog from As Good As It Gets. Um, I'll, have to think, I'll have to look them up. But that these are adorable dogs. Either way. All right. This last one is from Pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it. Don't edit that out. (laughs) This last one is from Pronouns. Um, It's from Lisa. Pronouns she and her. (laughs) I have a confession to make. When visiting my parents, I set the parental controls on the remote smart TV to block Fox, but I don't tell them. Some things just need to be done. (laughs) Uh, My pod tax is a small sample of my zoo. 
My little white champion is 14 and still full of personality today as he was when I brought him home. He survived Parvo, a coronavirus, at 2.5 pounds, which was something of a miracle, thanks in part to acupuncture. Wow. He's full of joy, lifts the spirits of all the other dogs in our household, and has a bark that will peel paint and shatter mirrors. <laughs> He's also prone to static electricity. Oh, I hope there's a picture. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I scrolled. I don't know if I can continue. <laughs> Other representatives from the chicken crew, 17 of them, are Henry and Greta, my silky girl chicken who just hatched four chicks. There are actually three in the photo. Silky's are the best mamas, and even though her chicks are now as big as she is, she still lets them sleep under her wings and on her back. Everyone should have a mama like Greta. Her partner, Henry, is also awesome. He takes over chick duty so she can eat and peck and do her chicken yoga. We can learn a lot from chickens. I love silkies. Okay, let's see. Oh, God. Did you look at the last picture? (laughs) She's prone to static electricity. (laughs) This is the fun. I think this may be one of the funniest pictures with that comment of a dog I've ever seen. Oh, I can't. The face, the face. Okay. She has no idea what she looks like is also the best part. Oh, my gosh. This is like one of my favorite games to play with my cats. We don't get, you know, cats are very prone to static electricity, but we don't have that kind of reaction, right, with their fur. So what you do is you take a bunch of balloons and you can just stick them to the cat. And then the cat is walking around covered in balloons like they're in some sort of a weird, uh, you know, cat burlesque review show you know that's just and it's hilarious oh my goodness oh my god that picture is fantastic thank you lisa slash pronouns <laughs> all right well we're gonna get out of here uh and remember no stereo tonight but uh we'll be back tuesday with andrew and then uh and next week as well with dana and then everybody just keep your eye on this rudy Kaludi news because it's a it's a it's pretty impressive stuff this is huge huge stuff so uh anything before we get out of here dana no i just uh, take care of yourselves i look forward to being back in your ears monday morning ah yes have a wonderful weekend dana i shall miss you thank you and uh everybody else please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet and take care of your mental health this has been ag and i've been dg and them's the beans The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazzell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans after party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last Stereo show went a little bit like this. What about you, ladies? What are your favorite nonsensical songs? The most weird, bizarre, silly stuff you can think of that you've heard through music. Thank you very much for all you do. Um, Hope you're all well. Talk to you soon. Bye now. 
Oh my God, AG, I, so I have an older gay brother. I don't know if that's relevant to the story, but I feel like it is because he had the B-52s on the record. So it was like, you know, we were into the, has anybody seen a dog dyed dark green, sunglasses and a bonnet, designer jeans with <laughs> appliques on it. We were like, what? Like, Keith Lorraine, <laughs> like, I'm like, how many drugs was that person on? Uh, nonsensical songs, you're so much better at this than I am. So you go first, because I bet you've already thought of one and I'll try and think of one. Um, my favorite nonsensical songs come from They Might Be Giants, for example. Oh, yes. Boat of Car is really good. And then, of course, I'm going down to Cowtown. A cow's a friend to me. Lives beneath the ocean. That's where I will be beneath the waves, the waves. And that's where I will be. I'm going to see the cow beneath the sea. Yeah. There you go. No. Although were they talk what was he whale watching? Is it really that obscure? <laughs> you won't answer any questions about their lyrics. I, I've asked multiple times. Oh my uh, god. The best I can I, lo get I love them. Oh go ahead, go ahead. The best I can get out of them is the explanation of uh, birdhouse in your soul, which we already yeah. knew, right? Right. So. Not to put too fine a point on it. Say I'm only being your bonnet. Yeah, it's sung from the point of view. Uh, sung from the point of view of a, a bluebird nightlight in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that song. It's one of my favorite ones.